Hello and welcome to the Ambitions Podcast. Today's podcast is all about interviews from an employer's perspective, what techniques work well, whether you should adjust your process depending on the role you're recruiting for, along with plenty of tips along the way. I'm joined today by two of our top recruiters, Leanne and Paula. Welcome to you both. Let's start by talking about the different types of interviews. So typically there are eight types of interviews um, and Leanne and myself are going to have a little rundown and talk you through each individual one. Firstly, businesses tend to use a screening or telephone interview um, as part of their process particularly if they've got multiple sites, you know, if they are trying to reduce costs or, or, or transport, um, they may involve screening um, candidates for a, a period of, of anywhere up to 30 minutes. Telephone interviews can be really, really useful. You can gauge a person's um, tone, you know, you can t- gauge their interaction over the phone. Um, so it does have its place, um, but it should, shouldn't should be used as the only method of attraction. Um, another one is the behavioural-based interviews, and that method really works on the premise that the way an applicant has worked in the past would then continue to perform like that in the in the future. So behavioural interviewing is key and should be part of any interview process because you want an understanding of how that person is is going to behave in your team and in in your business so if you're questioning around behavioral based interviews is on point then you should get a feel of how that person should act should you should you bring them on board so is that like saying what can you give me an example of when you've done this before yeah, the theory is that they would give examples of previous situations that they've come across, how they've performed, how they've dealt with them. So you can then listen to how they've acted in those types of situations with the view and the premise that should you be hiring them, then that is how they would continue to perform in your business mm-hmm. or act with your team or deal with difficult situations. Um, another type of interview would be an informational type interview um, which breaks down really as a, a fact-finding exercise um, so it may be more of an informal chat, it may be networking um, and you might find that um, individuals use this to gain more information about a particular skill or particular job profile. It can be useful for maybe HR uh, professionals who are coming into a business, maybe they don't know the industry, maybe they need to find out more about each core role that's recruited for in their business. Yeah, and I think that leads nicely onto the task-orientated or, or testing interview. And the main advantage of that is that it would indicate the level of performance of the candidate in, in different areas. So alongside a behavioural interview, not only do you want to establish how somebody acts in their behavioural characteristics, you also obviously want to identify the level of the skill that they're at, whether that's psychometric testing going into behavioural-based interviews or task-orientated in terms of particular testing in their industry or their skills that they're saying that they're bringing to the table and how you're going to test them so you can match the skill with the personality. The individual interview, probably the one we all know and love the most or loathe, is the one where it would be one-on-one at a company's premises, could last anywhere between 30 to 90 minutes. Um, and it's quite an old-school, um, you know, questioning, competency-based it can be made up of a number of different elements, but in terms of you or I would, would deem a, a commonplace interview, the individual interview would, would be most likely used. And then there's the stress interview, which tends to have most candidates on their back foot. I think a lot of employers use the stress interview scenario almost to try and catch out some of the candidates that they're interviewing 
and it's probably not the best type of interview to use unless you are particularly looking for somebody that works in an extremely fast-paced environment that is going to be working in an extremely stressful job with no break on the pace. Um, so I know from some candidates that I've spoken to when they've been put in an environment in a, in a stress interview where it's not very structured, they get questions, fired them left, right and centre and sometimes quite typically as humans we do tend to freeze in those types of environments. So if you're wanting to get the best out of a potential hire, a stress interview probably isn't the way forward, albeit you might feel that you're putting somebody in an uncomfortable situation and in fact you'd get the best out of them, you do the polar opposite. Okay, so it's really interesting talking about the different types of interviews. Obviously, employers may use one of those. They might relate to actually using elements of a few of those. Uh, and obviously, what, what's best practice, obviously, is going to be down to the role and the type of business that you are. But what else can be valuable as part of an interview process? I think the group interview stage, you know, if you are, obviously, we talked about a one-on-one interview, but as an extension of that, if you are incorporating a panel um, into that type of interview, it will sort of often give you a bit more consistency across the process you'll be able to um, share ideas and there'll be a, a sort of a, a possibly a scoring mechanism that that could be something that that would work quite well um, indeed if, if you are looking to interview perhaps internal candidates against um, external candidates certainly a group phase interview with a, with a scoring matrix could be useful yeah, and I also think quite often we we identify somebody that, that can do the job and it's quite clear on paper that they can do the job, but whether they're the right person for your business and, and for your team is another question. And and part of the process that we're looking at at the minute is the um, sort of Myers-Briggs and, and Carl Jung 16 personality testing and how that can help you differentiate between two candidates that you've got to interview. So I'll definitely say look at psychometric testing, personality profiling, behavioural characteristics, all those types of testings that are out there. Some of them are expensive, some of them are free, so you don't have to pay for them all. I think what's also really useful um, in an interview process is allowing candidates to have a snapshot at the role um, you know seeing the environment that they're coming into potentially having a job shadow whereby they can actually see some of the mechanics of the role um, they can understand the dynamic in the team in the environment that they're going into you know you can even look at how they interact with some of those members of your current team um, by taking feedback so that's certainly from my experience has been has been a well worth point of of reference yeah and if somebody's not going to be the right person for the business do you really want to be investing your time in taking them through an hour to two hour competency-based interview? Probably not. I would always say that the informal chat should always come first so you can identify whether or not that person is potentially the right hire personality-wise for the business. That will probably take 30 minutes and then on to the competency-based, yeah. you know, longer interview. Yeah, so it's about building an interview process which is right for you. So I think that leads on really to saying should you adapt your process for the role that you're hiring? for i.e is it always going to be right to have exactly the same one-size-fits-all hiring process for say a senior executive level role as it would be for an entry-level role or a, a basic sort of perhaps if you're recruiting for a temporary receptionist for example I'm trying to think of things that are two opposite ends of the spectrum. I think as long as you've got consistency in the process you know if you are recruiting for an entry-level role that you treat all of the candidates the same that they've had the same type of experience and it's measurable obviously then you know if if a business wants to identify whether they're 
sales executives that are coming into the business have the right presentation skills, have the right means to be able to work in their business, certainly that, that's important as well. But, but consistency must be the key. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Consistency and structure has to be there because you can't be seen being biased to any of the applicants. So everybody in the business that goes through your interview procedure or conducts the interviews on behalf of the business needs an understanding of, of what that structure is. But I think to get the most out of your interview, and it's a it's a combination of, of preparation, suitable questioning, and, and then listening, and um, probably changing your questions to reflect the level of the hire that you're that you're bringing into the company rather than changing your structure and maybe the types of interviews making sure that the questioning that that you've got is relevant to the person that's sat in front of you yeah and and there's such any testing as well yeah I mean I think that sort of leads us on to and I think Paula you touched on this earlier when we talked about the panel is actually making a decision as a business who is going to conduct that interview and the difference that that can make on the on the process so continuity as we've said is obviously a huge thing but there's there's obviously aspects to consider from the candidate's point of view as well as from the hirer's point of view who is going to conduct that interview yeah so I think you know it's obviously as a business you need to remember it's it's a two-way street you know it's not just about um, you interviewing a candidate it's about the candidate's perception of of you as a business you know you need to be prepared you need to make sure that you're not um leaving candidates waiting in reception because indeed you know according to to sort of monster the the job page um they say that uh, due to a recent study that they've completed 51 percent of candidates would turn down a role if they'd been kept waiting in reception for too long 35 percent would turn it down if they didn't like the look of the reception if it wasn't professional so first impressions in that respect are also really critical you don't want to be left interviewing on the edge of someone's desk with paperwork and things it's about experience as well as bringing people in and and the the right type of questioning yeah it might be one of the first points of contact that Mm. candidate is going to have with your business yeah and if you think about some of the other podcasts that we've done as part of talent attraction and being able to attract the talent in the market if they go to you know joe blogs around the corner and they've got a shiny nice reception area that was greeted 10 minutes pre their interview and and handed a cup of tea how much of an impression is that going to have on an individual to go just like Paula said going to wait in somebody's reception for half an hour is it a sign of things to come yeah so it's a two-way street so once you've decided what you're going to ask what the process is going to look like and who's going to be conducting the interview how do you ensure that everyone is on the same level playing field in terms of assessing those answers I think it's critical to make sure that again you've done your preparation that you you know, if it is a panel-based interview that you have sat down and, and qualified what you're trying to gain from, from the interview process, what does look like the perfect person? You know, is, is there a tick box? Is there a, is there a checklist that, that people need to meet? You know, whether that's skills-based or personality-based or fit to the team, I think it's, you know, it's important to put the preparation in before you go through your interview process. Yeah, I often think when you're watching the shows like X Factor and Britain's Got Talent and The Voice and all those things, they must have some type of chart, and the same internally for when you're recruiting, of what skills you want to identify, what questions you're going to ask. And from a scale of one to five, with five being the strongest and and one being the least strongest answer, where are you going to mark them from you listening to their answers in in the interview? Where are you going to mark them from somebody performing in, in front of you in a talent show? Where are you going to mark them so I think there is there is a a marking structure there is a way to to do the scoring in in a competency-based interview and um, that can be from a scale of one to five five being the strongest and and one being the least strongest of where you felt that that answer fits 
and adding all the straws up at the end of the interview would probably give you a fair way yeah. um, without being biased of, of who's then performed. Yeah. So it comes down to training, isn't it, as well as, as the, for the people that are conducting the interview because you know, it's, it's perception and how one person interacts with an individual could be very different to how another individual interacts with, with the same person. And that's why consistency is key, but that's not always possible to have the same person interview for every single role. It's great when it can be, but it but it's not always feasible in, in business. So to be able to have some kind of scoring system is great as long as it's used fairly. I think there needs to be sort of quite concise guidelines in place for a scoring matrix, you know, in terms of you'd need to make sure that, you know, everyone on that panel understood, um, you know, what criteria is meant, you know, whether it's a, a, a skill, whether it's something, you know, quite technical that we're assessing or whether it is, you know, an answer, whether it is something to do with, you know, someone uh, inside, outside of work, you know, how they how they are as a person. Yeah, because somebody could say something to me and I could say, OK, yeah, that's a great answer. I'm going to give them a four. Mm. And then that person sat next to me could be giving them a two. So what qualifies as a good answer? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's about from a importance of having that uh, having some kind of a matrix is also great from like a legal and compliance perspective because if you think of any business then being put at risk of a discrimination claim you didn't offer me the job because being able to refer back to some kind of a matrix is obviously why a lot of businesses have gone down that route yeah for for protection yeah unfortunately um, because your unconscious bias does come into it as I say we are all human and you can't help um, but be biased sometimes and putting in those measures as you say stops that from happening and I think if you are considering or discounting internal candidates alongside external an organization that has a matrix has that to fall back on um, you know when they're delivering feedback or whether it's thinking about growing their own internal talent they've actually got some hard evidence and facts there that they can refer back to. Yeah, and we've definitely touched on this already, but if we're thinking about interviews from a candidate's perspective, particularly given what we've talked about in a lot of our other podcasts about the candidate-driven market and talent attraction and, and how important that is, let's be honest, few job seekers actually relish an interview situation. There's going to be scales of, of nerves. Some are going to be more confident than others. Other people are going to be an, an absolute bag of nerves and, and hate being in an interview scenario, even if it's a relaxed situation. As recruiters, we'll, we'll have all seen candidates like that before who perhaps don't perform at their best in that situation. So this ties in really to the sort of that stress interview that we talked about earlier. Should employers put on the pressure a little bit? Is that what you expect in an interview? Or should they try and put people at ease and make them feel relaxed? It's role dependent. I think, you know, there are certain certain professions, certain job roles, profiles that it's important for people to be able to handle that stress and, and putting them in a stress interview situation gives you some insight into that. If it's maybe um, a slightly less skilled role or if it's something where it's an entry-level role, for example, certainly you wouldn't want to be putting someone under under that induced stress. You'd want to be able to make the processes as easy for them as, as possible, allowing their talent to come to the front. I think, you know, and I've, I've dealt with businesses where they've, like I said, done walk-arounds and, you know, maybe the, the candidate hasn't performed great at, at the at the sort of question and answering yet when they've been put in a, a more comfortable environment uh, maybe a, a an industrial role where they're walking around a, a factory or a warehouse 
they come into their own, they're asking relevant questions, they're comfortable. Yeah, I think it's a really difficult question to answer because you need to be transparent with the type of environment and, and job that they're going to be doing and all of the constraints in their job and all of the difficulties, whether it's fast paced, slow paced, whatever it may be. So difficult question to answer. I would say that you that you want to be as transparent as possible. But in terms of putting the interviewee in, in a stress scenario, actually I would, what I would be inclined to do is be really honest with them about the role and all of the stressful situations that they they may come across and then I would relate my questioning to those types of scenarios so rather than it be stress-based I'd have questions prepared so I could understand and listen to how they are telling me they would perform in those types of scenarios rather than actually just throwing questions at them. So I think what we're saying in summary is that it's important for a business to devise an interview process which really fit their culture and also be able to be adapted to the type of role that they're recruiting for. I think it needs I think an interview process needs to be reflective of the business and I think it, it you know you set the tone immediately from the person walking through the door to the rest of their experience. Yeah, you have to take responsibility and be prepared with what you want to gain from the interview whilst having an awareness of what your inter- interviewee and their experiences are. 